You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hello, Kino. Hi, Scott. How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. How's things? It's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's a sunny day in Florida, or at least it was sunny in the morning. A cloud came in. But here in Florida, we like the clouds, especially in the summer, because they bring a little bit of cool temperature from the blistering hot summer sun. But I can't complain because the summer also means it's mango season. So... (laughs) Some mangoes also fell down this morning. And, you know, Florida is an interesting place right now because we're able to have, you know, in-person classes and we have for a while. So there's um, there's a lot going on in Florida. I mean, it's it's always it's always sunny in Florida, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> being a, being yeah. from the UK, being British, it's always you know it's always sunny in that part of the world. I hear you. I like to say we have a few winter days each year, and those winter days are when it gets below 20 degrees Celsius or below 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And everybody who lives in Florida, myself included, we sort of have a freak out moment. You know, if it if it doesn't break 70 degrees, if it's not you know at least 20 degrees Celsius, something like that. People, people bust out, you know, all kinds of winter gear. I put on my fleece and a hat. And you get scarves. And yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But if, it's funny because if, if I were in Denmark and it was the same temperature, my, you know, my husband's Danish. If I were in Denmark and it was the same temperature, I would be like, wow, this is a beautiful day. So I, I, I don't know if it's psychological yeah, or what. Yeah, well, while we're scraping frost off our cars <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it gets to 20 degrees and we're like, let's put the shorts on, it's got the glasses out. It's just <laughs> we're all yeah, on the, it's all relative. It's relative, right? How so? Yeah. So so how's it how's it been for you, Kino, over the last over the last year? How's 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 the whole COVID thing been for you in Miami? Well, you know, I think like everywhere, uh, when in in 2020, when the uh, massive worldwide lockdowns hit, we were in complete lockdown. So we closed our studio and we uh, went into lockdown mode. At that moment, um, I started being really, really grateful that I developed OMSTARS, which is my online channel, and that I was already familiar with teaching online. So there was a big uh, kind of pivot to teach online. And I was very conscious of offering free classes on my YouTube channel, as well as more in-depth study via OMSTARS and Miami Life Center, which is the studio my husband and I uh, co-founded. We were also in the process of building a new space, which was really, really stressful because building was allowed to continue, but there were just so many delays Mm. in regards to COVID. Mm. We went into this massive lockdown and then... um, we, the, the state of Florida tried to reopen and then they did this kind of half open, half closed thing where you had to wear masks if you were going to come in practice. And we tried to have, you know, Ashtanga practice with masks on and the students said we pr- we'd prefer to do it at home, you know, mm. with the live class. Mm. So then we did that. We Then we closed again. And what was really kind of confounding at the time was there were studios that were just flouting the, the mask rule at that time. There were studios who were flouting social distancing at that time. And some of our students were kind of confused and 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 wondering, you know, like, well, why, why do we have to wear a mask in, in your studio and other studios? We don't have to because the rules were ambiguous and the, the South Florida is, 
it kind of is, is a diff, politically different than the state government here in Florida. So the governor, which is the governor of the state of Florida, had different um, rules than what the mayors of the cities of Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach, and even Monroe County, which is the keys of Florida Keys and QS, what they wanted to do because we're more populous and the outbreak of the pandemic was more intense down here. So there was just this big uh, kind of confounding experience in the yoga community where some classes were just going on full force. Others were trying to have social distancing. So we kind of landed halfway in the middle um, and, and reopened with social distancing and allowed masks to be um, optional when uh, people were practicing. But we And we still do ask people to wear their masks to the mat mm. and then they're welcome to take their mask off while they're practicing. And then it's up to the teacher's discretion whether they want to take their mask or not off or whether they want to give adjustments or not. And that's, of course, you know, a conversation between the student and the teacher, because in Florida, there are no rules right now. The state of Florida, as per the governor's order, there are literally no rules. You can do whatever you want. However, the question is, is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it the right thing to do? So I think that's pretty much opposite from where you are. So what are the rules like where you are? You know, we've had that over here. We've had, luckily we've had like, like, this is how you've all got to go. This, like we had a complete lockdown from March, the whole country, like from March last year. Um, we closed our, I mean, we closed our Charlo on the 16th of March, uh, before, before Boris Johnson told us to, uh, to, to do it. He just said he did, he did a presentation, right. And he said, um, we don't want you to go to, we don't want you to go to restaurants anymore, but we're not going to shut them. <laughs> and, okay. and he, he said it like that. And I looked at Louise and I said, we're going to have to close. We don't want you to go to restaurants or pubs anymore. Uh, but we're not going to shut them. We're just telling you not to. And I said to Louise, that's basically saying you, you're not, you're, you can't be around other people. And, I, and before that weekend, I'd been running a, a, a Mysore workshop in Manchester. And even then we were unsure what to do. I, it, it was like, do we, are we supposed to touch? Are we supposed to do adjustments? And we were kind of cleaning our hands. Uh, and then we, and then Boris said that on the Monday and we, we just closed the next day. We said, ethically, there's no way we can, we can mm -hmm. open. And that was, and then by the Friday, they'd, um, they'd shut all, um, all bar, non-essential, uh, non all bar essential shops, like uh, supermarkets and stuff like that. Everything else had to close. And by the following Monday, by the following week, all the schools had shut. So we, for two months, we weren't allowed to go out. We were only allowed to go out for 30 minutes exercise and to go to shops. And that was the whole country. And then throughout the whole of last year, there's been opening and closing. And, and then through the summer, they wanted everyone to get back into, uh, into the shops and into, um, into restaurants and pubs. And so they, they, they gave everyone incentives to do that. And so, but because they gave everyone incentives, everyone laxed and we had a massive surge in, um, in the autumn because of that, where we all had to close again. And then they opened again just before, um, just before Christmas for about, you know, three weeks. And that was the big one. That's where we closed in just before December, where, where Boris Johnson has said, oh, no, we, we, you can go and meet your loved ones for Christmas. And then probably a week before he said, no, you can't. Everyone's going to have to stay at home. And since then, we've been locked down. And, and the yoga studios have all been closed since before December. Everywhere, wow. everywhere across the UK. And, there, and it's just this week on the 17th of May um, that we're looking to 
that they're looking to reopen, that all the studios can reopen, but with, but with social distancing and um, and yeah. and still having the, the the stuff around, they have to wear a mask to the mat, but um, but you have to have a one point five to two meters between them, and then and then in June the twenty first, um, that's when they're hopefully going to um, let everyone depending on certain things like the Indian variant and stuff like that, because that's starting to starting to grow in the UK. Depending on vaccines, they're going to open everything back up again so we can all go and and hug each other and be close again. It's been really, it's been incredible. I mean, I I, I, I closed, I mean, you were lucky you had Omstars, right? <laughs> and you've been, had that for a while. I literally had a Mysore, I've had a Mysore studio for 11 years 12 years in uh, London. That's all we've ever done. We didn't have another studio. We just um, we just did the morning classes. And we within three days, I said, we have to make this work. <laughs> we have to go. So we have to go online. Did you get any, so we moved. Did you get any government assistance also? Um, I mean, I'm not sure how it worked in the UK. We get everyone, the, go- the, the government gave lots of people furlough. Like everyone who had to, all, um, all, uh, companies who had to close their doors were given grants um and it, i mean we we were we didn't we haven't got premises we just we just rent space by the hour and that's always how we've run um but i know like friends who you know who got actual premises and they got tens of thousands of pounds from the government from the council so you could so wait you couldn't get that because you rent no, the space by the hour no Wow. But what I could That's- do, because there was different layers. What they gave is they gave businesses, they gave businesses grants, but they also gave employees furlough money. So if you if you were an employee, uh-huh. um, you were able to, the government were able to pay up to two and a half thousand pounds a month of okay. of, um, of your of your I think it was two about around about that, about two and a half thousand pounds a month of your employees of what you get for your for your pay. And Not so, you qualify but, for that? <laughs> no, because we were self employed. self-employed. <laughs> so, so you didn't qualify for any government assistance? Hardly any, really. Not even, wow. and that was the thing. So this is why, Kino, we, I was like, right, we got, still got to feed the family. <laughs> I still got to, yeah. still got to pay the bills. And so within, you know, within three days, we'd, we'd set zoom up we'd set luckily we have a live we live we have quite a big kitchen so one end of it is now a yoga studio or yoga where we could we can present from um and i just went hit the ground running and, and learned as i went along and that's literally how i've been for the last since march last year we haven't we didn't reopen we opened i've done a couple of Mysore intense five day Mysore intensives in london last year mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like i could open fully because mm-hmm. You could, we were just going to close again. Yeah, it was it's so unsure. So what I did is what I'd done is over the last year, I've just nurtured an on, my online community and created something that I felt was unique and that mm-hmm. could support them. When we had like, you know, I, suddenly you have this, well, I'm at home and I can teach the way I want. So rather than just doing Mysore, I can do Mysore, I can do mindfulness, I can teach philosophy, we can have events. It's, it felt like really a really more creative uh, and collaborative way to move it felt like and and it and it was really i mean over here the way i see it it was like really um it was super tender like because everyone i know or a lot of the students was so i mean for the first two weeks we're like oh this is interesting (laughs) you know what i mean we've been shut in we can't go anywhere everyone treated it a little bit like a holiday and then it started to continue and people started to get low so i i i was um i saw quite quickly that we were all in the same boat. And what I mean by that is that 
I was unsure about what was happening. And all of the people who I know were unsure, who were my colleagues, like teacher friends, were unsure about what was happening. And the practitioners were unsure about happening. So we were all in this new place together of like meeting online, of everyone not being allowed to be out of their house, but there would be a familiar face every morning, like me, <laughs> saying hello. And that was really, that was really, what, that was a really beautiful thing because it was new, but it was one, it was, you know, the one thing that felt really, really important is that I could still be, do something at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, I did morning guided primaries. And at the end of the day, I would do um, mindfulness, mindfulness meditation just for 20 minutes, just to kind of say to people, I'm here. And it felt like really, really, really connected things. So we, our community, and I know other communities as well, where, where they, they looked at it like that, rather than it being where we're teaching, it's almost like we're coming together to try and work this out through something which we know, which is this spiritual and contemplative practice that we love so much. And it kind of was this super lovely bind. It was this really, yeah, really deep you. thing. Yeah. It really did. It, it, it moved away from about teaching. It, it made me be about connection. And Scott, can I just um, interrupt you? Because I think you've said a lot and there are some really interesting points that I think are worth kind of teasing out. Yeah. And one of it is this, there's, there's sort of two elements. And one is the elements of kind of uncertainty. And I think that no matter where anyone is in the world, it's this, it's this daily question of uncertainty. And it's not only like, what am I going to practice? It's like, am I going to get sick or not? Is someone that I love going to get sick and, and maybe not recover? And am I going to lose my job? Am I going to re are, you know, are we, are we going to be able to uh, go outside or not go outside? Or can I go visit my family that's in another country? And so this uncertainty, I think has been just really heavy and hanging over so many people, myself included. And it's just something that, that, you know, having a routine of some sort, some memory of what once was, whether it's, you yoga practice or whether it's um, something else has been, I just, I've noticed it's been really helpful for many people. And then the second thing that was, was really interesting, as you said, that it felt, it felt special to connect in with a sense of community. And I remember during kind of like the height of the pandemic here, the height of the lockdown here, feeling super uninspired to practice and putting on um, a video of my teacher uh, and then thinking, I would have a class with him online. And that's actually how, uh, you know, um, Sharad, uh, Sharadji started teaching on online a little bit. I sent him a message and I said, you know, hey, we're all uninspired to practice. Would you come and teach us? And that first Zoom class with Sharadji teaching was that feeling of, wow, this is incredible. You know, there, there were all these faces and people that, that I know from practicing in Mysore and practicing in kind of this really close Nadashtanga community. And it, it was probably one of the, the highlights of that whole time mm. to connect in with this feeling of, well, there's people, in, there's people in Brazil who are joining, there's people in Europe who are joining. There was people, some people from Asia who'd stayed up to, to, you know, to do like an afternoon or evening or middle of the night practice just to, just to see him. And it was that same thing that you're talking about, this familiar face. Yeah. This this person, this being who can hold space for all of us and give us some sense of place to connect back in. And that was so, so special and something that, you know, I'll just I'll never forget. That's really great. And and, and I and I want to I just jump off of that because someone like Chirac can like, you know, he's so he's like the he's the tip, he's the top of like the whole thing. And it's it, it, for, for many people to see him and to have him and to have that in their homes and all their and all their and all friends and people they know is such. You're right. It's such a special thing. And that was what I was saying to. I was saying that to like 
anyone I know who was a yoga teacher, I was saying, you know, if you have a community that, and you're feeling okay in yourself, put your face in them, put your face in theirs. Yeah. <laughs> because this is what, like you, like you see that to Shurat, like, you know, and then some people mm-hmm. like that see that to you and some people like see that to me and some people like, see to my, like, my friend Greg and my friend Kia and the people who I was helping to, to go move online and say, y- y- you by doing this, it's not about teaching. It's just about familiarity and coming together and and creating something like of 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 unity of of connection in in a time that feels so unconnected and unsure. And that's what the beautiful thing about what well, if you have a yoga or if you have a yoga community or if you have like something where you where you where you're able to connect with a, with people and and there's a recognition of something shared. It really felt like I wasn't teaching. I was guiding and helping and just listening. And by them, by me being able to do that, they were, it was feeding back to me. And then at the end of the sessions, I'd let people like share and talk and like come together and, and say, I'm here for you and whatever you need to sh-. Like I was, I opened myself up and it felt like a, to a certain degree, super privilege to be able to do that. But I saw how it was really, really, um, really meaningful and once you know once i realized that that was there was such a power in uh, in in how that evolved in actually listening rather than rather than trying to teach something you're sharing something but you're listening back and you're saying to people how mm-hmm. are you how are you and with these teachings which are so beautiful you know which the with the the, the meditation teachings and the the yoga teachings they're there just to be able to allow us to be present and to be vulnerable and and that to be okay so you know it's just been it's it's just it's just been like uh, it's been I was writing a, an email today saying it's probably one of the most rewarding <laughs> things I've done in relationship to thinking well how's this how's this going to be and just evolve and running running with feeling the feeling of what I felt the community needed and listening to them and it and, and how it's evolved over the year the year and how what we created and the people who've come and stayed with us have just been so gracious. We've just all had this, this new sense of, of something deeper, I think of something deeper. And I feel like that's what crisis does, right? It encourages us to dive deeper. It's a catalyst for, for that inner experience, you know, in, in whatever, whatever form it takes. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's the best way to think about what, 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 what sense can be made over the past, the past bit of time. I mean, I, in a, in a totally and completely other sense of it, I feel like it's 20 years from now, 30 years from now, the best possible thing that could happen that everybody can keep a memory of is this is going to sound completely banal or ridiculous, but I think it could actually be something really positive is that the next time you yourself are sick, put a mask on. Because that's something that when I was teaching in Asia before the pandemic, you know, I noticed that anytime someone themselves started to sneeze or cough, they brought out a mask and put it on. And that's something that in uh, the United States of America and even North America and Canada and, um, you know, Europe, people just don't have that as part of the culture. You know, oh, I'm sick. I'm going on the tube. I should put on a mask. Oh, I don't feel well. I'm going on an airplane. I should put on a mask. Not, you know, not basically not for myself, but for the benefit of others. And like, that's a small, that's a small like behavior change that I feel like I hope we remember that in 20 to 30 to 40 years, you know? 
Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's shown that we, we, the, 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 the care we need mm-hmm. to have for each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. the way that we need to just, just, but I think you're right to point out to like to Asia and and and, and the people there that this just the they, they had they more do. experience in pandemics, right? So they had like they had they had the you know the bird flu and other pandemics with with experience and how to create the contact tracing and that sort of yeah. thing. So it makes a lot of sense that they were that they have that in the culture because they have the experience and it was it's an indelible memory and it was quite 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 severe. Some of the other the pandemics that in Europe and the U.S. didn't experience. So, you know, it makes sense. I've never had a, I've never had a problem wearing a mask. You know, it's, it's, I've always thought, well, this, why not? It's this, if it's the least thing I can do. Um, and I think it's probably a really, you know, it, you're right. If I was to go out now in the winter, once this is all over, you know, and I had a cold, I would more than likely put a mask on. And you know what? It would, I'd probably, people would probably not bat an eyelid anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you know, last, this time, a couple of years ago, people were going, what are you yeah. What are you doing? And I think it's probably quite, quite a mm-hmm. positive thing that's that's come out of it. I know that um, I know that it's like uh, who knows when it's who knows when it's going to change. Like I said, we're coming out. We're coming out particularly of a uh, because predominantly quite a, a lot of the population mm-hmm. have had their first vaccine, um, and then and there's a, probably about a third that are having their second one. Over here, we have like three. We have a. I think it's 12 weeks between them. I know it's a lot closer for you for you over yeah. there. But we have um, oh, wow. three months oh, that's, a, that's a big gap, huh? Um, I know. <laughs> when I saw when I saw your your um, your post and it was like I just had my second vaccine. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just had my first one. I've got to wait until um until yeah. July, August. Um but that's the way they're doing it over here and um you know, but I think, you know, I think we'll be wearing, like I said, be wearing masks for a while, but I think... The yoga culture is interesting, right? I was just speaking about this with someone and that, you know, we get this feeling sometimes that yoga, that, you know, the yoga asana practice makes us invincible and that, and that it's this feeling of, well, I did my practice, so everything else is, is, is just going to work out. So, for example, I, I was... You know, there was a student once that I'd interacted with who was coughing so badly. This was long before the pandemic, like 10 years ago. And he was coughing and coughing and coughing. And I asked him, you know, how long have you had that cough? And he said, it doesn't matter. I did the best backbend I ever did this morning. And I said, listen, it does matter. You really need to think about that. And then he coughed and he had a little napkin and he coughed up a little bit of blood. And I just, I just went off on him and I said, listen, (sighs) I don't care if you did a good backbend, you coughed up blood. You need to go to a hospital. And he looked at me and said, why do you like the yoga practice will fix me. I'll just, I'll just going to get better. And I said, you know, to a point, but listen to me, I am, I have half a mind to drive you to the hospital myself right now. So either you're going to go to the hospital. I said, I don't want to see you in class tomorrow. If you're in class tomorrow, I will myself stop my practice and take you to the hospital. So I will stop everything and take you to the hospital. Mm. So you either go today and you figure this out. And then I didn't see him for a while. And I felt bad because I basically yelled at this person. And then I saw him again and he, you know, he looked <laughs> emaciated and really pale. And I said, Hey, are you okay? I'm sorry. I kind of went off on you. I was just worried. And he said, thank you so much for telling me to go to the hospital. I had tuberculosis and you know, I was, just, I mean, at this point I felt like I wanted to yell at him even more because he'd been in a shala coughing and practicing for a month and, you know, who knows who else had been in contact with that germ. And so this is, this is a problem in our yoga community. Like yoga's 
amazing, this but not a like, panacea this, for everything, this right? Is it. It's just really interesting because this kind of brings it round to why I kind mm-hmm. of reached out to you to talk to you because um, I, I reached out to talk to you because I saw your second, yeah, <laughs> your second, which wasn't Instagram so popular, <laughs> <laughs> and it led me to, yeah, <laughs> it led me to the first, and um, I, I immediately thought like it was the post where you, um, where you shared that you'd had your mm-hmm. your second vaccine, uh, your second vaccine, and now you're fully vaccinated, and and you had the mask on, and I was initially like, oh wow, you know. That's that's amazing. That's like probably the one, the most recognisable uh, yoga teacher on the planet, and uh, she's come out and she said, um, "I've had the, the two vaccines." Knowing that, like, that uh, watching the yoga community over the last six months to a year, and how contentious it's all been, I thought this is, and I immediately initially thought, you know, that's a brave <laughs> thing to do because of like because of your profile, because of the you know stuff around branding, perhaps, but. But I did. That was the first thing I thought. Well, what a brave thing to do! And I would love you to kind of like um, mm-hmm. expand about what compelled you to share the fact yeah. that you had. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, 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 I could be really uh, naive in some some instances. Like, I don't really always think things through completely from the you know like public image pers- perspective. I, I often really just post things that make me happy and things that I'm interested in talking about. And um, sometimes I like to share things throughout my day. And, you know, I, I, I had a really long day on the day I got the second dose of the vaccine and I came back home and I was thinking, oh, what am I going to post? And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of what happened today. And so then I posted that. And I, I know that some people, um, yoga community, non-yoga community, especially in the U.S., are seriously anti-vax. So I just wanted to share this as though, hey, I did this today. Um, Not so much to like try to force anyone to be vaccinated or to critique people that are not getting vaccinated. It was really more just like, this was this is what I did today. And I had no idea that there would be such a strong backlash because I don't know. I just feel like I've met a lot of people who don't want to get vaccinated and I'm totally okay with them not being vaccinated. That's totally their choice. I, I, for a while, didn't think I was going to get the vaccine. And then I changed my mind and I even changed my mind about which vaccine I wanted to get. And I feel like people are like the, the, the idea that we should only follow people and interact with people and listen to people who make the exact same decisions as we do is a, a dangerous echo chamber that creates further extreme views and increases polarization rather than uh, creating a space where we can meet divergent points of view and respect difference. And I stand for a world where we can embrace divergent views. And I, I stand for a, 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 a place, a community where, you know, there can be people who take different paths, but we respect one another and treat each other with, with respect and kindness. And that like, that's, that's the kind of community that I want to create. I don't want to create, you know, lines of division of who's been vaccinated and who's not been vaccinated. Just like, I don't want to create political divisions who's on the right and who's on the left and who's, you know, who said this and should therefore be canceled and who didn't do this and should therefore be canceled. I just feel that it's not not productive and that the more that we create harsh lines and unfollow people that don't think exactly as we do, the more, and this is scientifically proven, it's not only my idea, but the more that we create echo chambers of beliefs, the um, the more extreme our views become. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. There's a study where um, 
a behavioral study done where they collected groups of people and then they put people who have very, very conservative views of the far right and then the far left. And then they put them together, the far right and the far left. And then they made them do focus groups for like weeks. And then they came out both groups had shifted towards the center, towards each other, because they had to sit there and interact with each other over, right. over, over like real human interaction with a person that thinks differently. And then they found a compromise. They were just forced to. Then they did another focus group. They put all the conservatives together, all the right-leaning people together, and they did the same focus group. And they got more and more extreme in their conservative views. Yeah. That's it. They moved same away thing the with the liberals. Yeah. So the liberals yeah. did the same thing. They got more and more extreme in their views. And then, you know, and then there's no, then everybody's in the polarized corners and the middle is an empty space where we once could meet. We mm-hmm. once could meet, but then because of our echo chambers, we, you know, end up in these, the territorial wars of identity. And I don't think that's what yoga is, you know? And I, I also don't think that yoga is saying that this asana will protect you from, from everything. I mean, you know, if you read the scripture, right? It's like Mayurasana says one of the benefits are you can eat poison if you can perform Mayurasana correctly. But I don't really recommend anybody eating arsenic, you know, and saying like, okay, let's, uh, let me eat no. some arsenic because, uh, let me now cure yeah, myself exactly. and see what happens You end up in the hospital pose. or you, know, you have to tell the doctor what happened. I believe that Mayurasana can cure me from eating poison. And, you know, you know, it comes from a legend. It's a legend, right? Because peacocks can eat poisonous seeds yeah. and they can digest them because they have a particular enzyme in the peacock in this peacock pose. So it's just a legend. It's wonderful. There's sure. a, you know, there's also like a legend of Bigfoot, but I'm also, uh, you know, not counting on meeting Bigfoot <laughs> exactly. when I was hiking in the Smoky Mountains. We got the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah. I, mean? I think <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I think you're really right. And I think, I mean, I've, I've, it's really fascinating this because, like, I, I, it was, I, again, I did commend. I did. I was thinking. I was speaking to a few of my friends. I said, Kino's done the vaccine. We've done the vaccine, <laughs> and uh, and you should see. And it was really interesting because, like, as with all of your Insta posts, like, you get so many comments, but. But it was really interesting to see that there was comments and then there was like, there was lots of people supporting you, but there was so, there was quite a lot of pushback. And then within that, there's like comments, there's like threads within threads where people are just like uh, trying to call each other out. And it's, and to be fair, like it's been, it's been something I've noticed probably for about a year now within, within the, the yoga community, you know, quote, quote, wellness community about saying these, about having this pushback against about covid about what's going on about about all these things and so I, I honestly it was like when you read the when you read the comments that were coming up because i'm sure you read a lot of your comments what what were you what did you think oh gosh well um first of all i do kind of put a boundary at some moment if things go bonkers and, and i consider bonkers to be if people are in their ideological corners and unwilling to speak in a civil and humane manner then i don't engage so when i saw people just uh, going off on uh, you know conspiracy theories about covid is a hoax invented by the you know one world government to give the mark of the beast and blah blah and this sort of thing I just thought, okay, you know, Mm. this is beyond the bounds of um, a a human being that I'm capable of engaging with. But what did give me quite, uh, what I did engage with uh, is, you know, are people who said, uh, you know, I'm choosing not to get the vaccine, but I respect your decision. And I was like, great, we're on the same wavelength. We can connect. And all those other human beings who are, who were, who were almost trying to get a response and engage in a dialogue about, 
and in a really kind of um, condemning manner, you know, you'll, I, I, and it's horrible that, that we, you know, people leave some comments and then you never forget them. And it's hard to kind of get those words mm-hmm. out of your brain. So once I see that some things are taking a turn down mm-hmm. that road, I'm sensitive. So I remember things. I have a really good memory. So I try not to engage with them. I got, to be honest, my feeling was sadness. My feeling was, was sadness. I got really, really sad. I just felt like not so much sad because I take it personally, but sad about, gosh, I can't believe that this is where things are, you know? And I, I, I just can't believe yeah. that, you know, um, we, we can't live and let live. And I, like, I, I also have a, I, I think it's also very, very sad when people think, you know, gosh, this is a hoax. And then you talk to frontline workers and healthcare workers and, you know, people that are on the yeah. front lines and, yeah. you know, they're risking their lives every day to care for people who are, you know, uh, have a really bad case of COVID. And then, and then people are perpetuating the, the hoax theory. I mean, I just, I just feel like, gosh, I don't know what it needs for that person to wake up, but you know, please, yeah. like, please, whatever situation it is. And I just really, you know, I really, I, I feel, I feel very, very sad that there's so much distrust out there and so much um, division out there. And so, you know, I just felt like the sadness is, is really the, the, the feeling that I was left with more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, no. And, the, and then, and then there's this, this other flip side, which is that, you know, um, I did, I, regardless of what was happening on social media, I do still really feel just for myself and my lifestyle and what I do, that it was the right decision for me. So for example, last weekend I was um, in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was teaching and I was teaching, you know, in person and giving adjustments and the rules that are in Ohio, where you wear masks to the mat and you take it off and you are allowed to give adjustments. And then, you know, they're open and you can do massages there and things like that. And the same thing in Florida, the weekend before I was in Charlotte. And then, and then prior to that, I I taught, you know, I taught two weeks of two week Mysore intensive here in Miami, also giving adjustments. And I really felt like I'm glad that I'm vaccinated right now because, you know, there's a moment when I was teaching and I had not been vaccinated and I would put the mask on and take the mask off. And every time I got too close to a student, even I walked by a student or, you know, I just would really feel like, you know, uh, really feel almost scared to come into physical contact. And that's like the vaccine protects you a hundred percent, but I did feel like at least myself, what I can do to make this environment safer as the teacher I have done. And, and, and of course, encouraging social distancing and people wearing masks to the mat. And we take other precautions here in Miami. So prior to a one week uh, Mysore immersion with me here in Miami, we ask all of the students to uh, get tested, to do a, a you know, a, a PCR test within 72 hours of the first day. If mm. the person's been vaccinated, then they only need one test. If the person's not been vaccinated and they've been on mass transit, like an airplane or something like that, we ask them to get tested a second time so that we just really, you know, testing's free. So it's fine. You can just go and do it. It's just inconvenient to get this thing up your nose, but it, you know, so we just, we're, we're taking every possible precaution just because again, the moral and ethical stance of how to truly live in ahimsa and nonviolence, right? Like how not like, how how can I make sure that me showing up and teaching in person doesn't, doesn't potentially infect someone else, you know? And I've, I've talked to some other yoga teachers who decided to get vaccinated for that exact same reason, essentially saying to themselves, I really believe that if I got this, I would be completely fine. However, 
lever if I got it and I was asymptomatic and I showed up to class and I infected one of my students. I don't know that all my students would be okay because what if there's an elderly student or an immunocompromised student or someone with diabetes or asthma or some other comorbidity factor? Mm-hmm. And then that's on your shoulders because, hey, you were fine, but all the people that you were in contact with might not be fine. So then you have to make the choice. Well, okay, I don't want to get vaccinated. So, okay, so then what? So then how do you, how do you interact ethically then in the midst of a pandemic, if you don't want to get the vaccine? I think that's a valid question as well. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, the, the, I mean, another thing about you know, your poster is like, is, is people questioning and questioning all of this in the name of yoga. And it's really interesting. You kind of like use the term ahimsa because for some, for example, we look at ahimsa, we have a vaccine. It means we're trying to, um, we're trying not to harm other people by protecting ourselves as best we can. And to know that like, you know, they're the, the starting to see the studies that say it is it is um, helping to not pass it on. There are there are studies starting to come out that they're, 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 mm-hmm. they're slow because they're having to see what happens throughout the um, the population. But they're starting to see that there are kind of it does help. There's a there's a percentage of it helps doesn't help passing it on. So we've got a hymn in one guide where we're doing that, but then the other people are saying, yeah, but you're putting this experimental vaccine all that kind of thing into your body and. And so what's really interesting is like where where people on your post were calling out, uh, saying what is yogic and what isn't mm-hmm. yogic and and saying, well, this is, you're not being, you're not adhering to this or you're not adhering to that. And that's what was really interesting because that was what you pointed out mm-hmm, to on your mm-hmm. second post where you, where you were pushing back against who... Who, who is it is calling mm-hmm. yoga? Who is it to call yoga as a standard to other people? And I'd love you to kind of, to, to, to draw out on that. Right. So when we think about who is the arbiter of what what is and isn't yoga, you know, one of the things that really stuck out to me on a lot of the comments on my post that use the terminology, because I kind of weaponized this phrase, you're not acting in a yogic manner. This is not yoga to be vaccinated or something like that. I felt like, and I, I checked, I checked out some, and this is kind of where I disengaged, but after, after I checked out a few, I realized that these were uh, the people, and they probably have also unfollowed me at this point, but they were, they there were people in a particular subset of, of the yoga community, which, um, you know, it's hard to put a label on someone, but I, I, I can almost recognize it in the diction and syntax, which uh, claims to have an absolute knowledge of what is and isn't, you know, a practice that was is not from these people who made these comments, their country of origin. So if we just take it full circle and say, who is the arbiter of what is and isn't yoga? You know, yoga is a spiritual practice that comes from the Hindu tradition of India. And, you know, if we look at the situation in India right now, wow. I mean, every yoga practitioner needs to take a breath and say like, thank you for this breath. Thank you for this practice. How can I give back to India right now? Like, what can I do? And just even, even if it's just a prayer every day, you know, if it's donating some money or if it's raising awareness or something like that, it's, it's really amazing. And then in the same breath to say, okay, well, vaccines are not yogic. Well, what is yoga really? So then to ask this question of, okay, who are you? What culture do you come from? What lineage do you come from? How have you interacted with yoga? Are you practicing a lineage based yoga or are you a wellness advocate that drops in on a yoga class here and there have you been to india do you have a lineage practice can you show immersion in the culture the indian culture do you do you know do you know how to be respectful of the culture and how to interact with it and and you know do you understand like what 
what, what does it mean to be devout within the paradigm of, you know, traditional yoga practice, which is couched within the, you know, the, the, the Sanatana Dharma and, and, and how, like, how does that all work? Right. So there's also in, like within our tradition, you know, Shadaji, he posted some vaccine uh, pictures in his stories. And there was a lot of, there was like a whole Facebook controversy on that. Like, oh, the guru is infected with the <laughs> mutant, you know, biotech now uh, he's lost forever. And it's like, wait a minute, this is, this is like, what, so what, like, what is yoga exactly? Okay. Like the awakening and the realization of consciousness. Well, con- what is consciousness? If you want to wait until your consciousness is united with God, great. But I got to tell you, and my is like, you know, some, uh, some total of looking at the history of human civilization, there were maybe two beings who could have interacted with, uh, with a virus and, 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 and used their spiritual practice to be immune from it. You know, one, maybe Jesus Christ, who was known also for walking mm. on water. So we could give that a shot and see how that goes. And then the Buddha who, you know, <laughs> we can look at both of those two beings and say, all right, I think they can probably go without the vaccine because they're, you know, on that level of spiritual awareness. <laughs> right. But like you and me, but we're, we're going to be so enlightened and in so much samadhi that like we're not going to get infected and we're not going to be subject to the rules of the planet earth and so i i, I don't know i feel like i i i um I, I really, again, I really sat with it for a while and it wasn't the first time recently that I had to sit with the vac- like being vaccinated. I don't like, like, to be honest with you, I don't like needles. I don't like the idea of something being injected into my body. If, mm. if I, if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't do it. Tim and I, we went to Africa. We went to Kenya. It was his, Tim's dream to go on a safari, like lifelong dreams. We, we do this. Then we find, oh, to get into the country of Kenya, you have to take yellow fever vaccine. I don't want to take yellow fever vaccine, but you can't get into Kenya if you don't take yellow fever vaccine. They make you show your vaccination card. Yellow fever, This the, the, Tim, I was telling Tim, I don't want to do this. Like I want to get like a conscientious objector to this. I'm just not interested in it. And Tim was like, listen, first of all, like we, like I really want to go. So could you please do this? And, and then second, yellow fever, there's no cure for it. So if you get it, you have it for life and yeah. there's a high morbidity factor. And I would really, he was like, I'd really like you to live and just not have yellow fever for the rest of your life. Could you please take this vaccine? And um, so we went there and I was such a child and I'm, I was, I'm just, I hate needles. Like I don't like, if I could choose not to be injected with things, I would choose not to be injected with things. Like I don't, I try not, I don't take painkillers. I don't take flu medicine. I, you know, I, I try to do everything as naturally as possible. All that being said, if my leg was broken, I would go to the doctor and get you know, uh, so, uh, an orthopedic surgeon to take a look at it. If I had, if mm. I had a heart condition mm. and they found out that I needed, you know, a pacemaker because of whatever reason I would, try, I would do it, you know, like it's that or what die. Mm. I mean, I guess you can choose that path. Um, and that's if some, if you want to choose that path and that's your morality and I have to respect your decision. What I'm saying for me, if I look back at the history of humanity, you know, vaccines have really saved the human population. You know, if you take a look at measles, there used to be a measles outbreak. Take a look yeah. at polio. There used to be polio. I think like cholera also was, had a huge outbreak in India that lasted for 50 years or something like this in 1800s. And mm. so then when we think about this, it's like, well, you know, in the broader perspective of the history of humanity, these like vaccinations have done quite quite a lot to lessen serious outbreaks of illness and right now we're, we're experiencing a once in a generation mm-hmm. pandemic you know it's a 1918 flu pandemic they didn't have a vaccine for that it killed more people than you know i think world war one uh so you know hundreds of millions yeah. of people lost their lives then there was another pandemic i can't remember the name of, i can't remember which disease but another hundred years before so maybe like we can take a look at like humanity it seems like every hundred years we got we got ourselves a pandemic on our hands and this time we're lucky enough 
to be able to have the vaccine technology. So maybe hundreds of millions of people are not going to die. And, you know, I just feel like if that, that was part of my decision for, you know, taking the vaccine selfish, yeah. it's selfish, you know, on some level, right. Cause I want to go teach. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like I think there's a, for me, it feels like, I mean, I, I, I trust the fact that this has all been worked out. You know, I look at, I look, I, we all make our decisions, right? So the people who don't make their decisions not to, the people who do, we make our decisions to do that. I remember last week I spoke to Pratima, who, mm-hmm. uh, Rodriguez, who runs True by India, and she's in Mumbai, and she's out there at the moment on the ground having just a, a really like intense time of it. And she's like, Scott, everyone, Everyone, there's someone in everyone's family who's got COVID. Mm-hmm. There is every family I know has got COVID. And it's not the, it's the, what's, what's the, the problem we got is there's not enough oxygen. People are getting COVID, but they might be able to like recover from it, but, it's the, but they're not be able to, haven't got the oxygen to be able to breathe. And this is the problem. And so I was, I remember thinking back in last year, I remember saying to someone, I said, we've got to be careful with this, right? Because at some point, You'll push it to one side, but at some point we're all mm-hmm. going to know someone mm-hmm. and be affected by this. And then what happened with I was speaking to Potima last last week when we were on Clubhouse, um, it brought me back to that because I remember saying to people, at some point we're all going to be affected by this because we will know people. We won't know people at the moment because it was still sparse, but I think there will be a point. And, you know, if we, if we go to the point of the fact why I took the vaccine, this is exactly why, because... I, I I I don't get I don't get I don't get I can't remember last time I've got a flu or any kind of fever or anything like that and I think I'm generally quite keep myself healthy but over the last year I have known uh, the whole plethora of different people who've had covid we had a number a couple of family friends wow. who've died of it we've had uh, a number of family friends who were this, this is another big problem that people don't seem to be thinking about is the who've mm, had long COVID. Mm, I had a mm-hmm. I had a a, stu, a a practice student colleague who's now writing for and I'll, I'll link to it in the Guardian. She writes for the Guardian mm. about long COVID, and she's a yoga practitioner herself. Her mother died mm-hmm. a year ago, and then she got it, and she suffered from long COVID every, every uh, for a whole year. She can't walk up wow. the stairs without getting out of breath. I've got another. We've got another close family friend who will never be able to smell. Or taste again. We've got I've got a yoga student who's a hand balancer, and I'll send you his. Um, I've got his. Uh, he sent me a a, a a a video of him in treatment where he's lost the use of one of his muscles mm-hmm. across his shoulder. Mm-hmm. The nervous system has, has stopped it working because he's got COVID. And also, I know mm-hmm. people who've had it really badly, and mm-hmm. I know people who haven't. And I but but what's important is that it yeah. didn't discriminate. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I could take my chances, but I've got like a father-in-law who's like, Mm -hmm. who's had leukemia twice. I've got, you know, I thought to myself, I, and I'm in the hitting, you know, I'm I'm 48, I'll be 50 soon. Do you know what? I'm going to do this one because I don't know if, how it's going to catch me. And I, I, and because I've seen the the layers of this in my own life it's not mm-hmm. been something separate i've seen it play out in the student community in the family community in the friends community and it didn't it didn't um mm-hmm. discriminate yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so i thought to myself i don't want to be able to i want to be yeah. able to, i don't want to have this bad i want and so and also i felt like if this is also going to help mm-hmm. us open up 
and and be able to be together again and, and be open again. Why? I mean, why not? I I, I totally look at. I think it's incredible mm-hmm. what the science has done. Oh, absolutely. To to like, it's not to say that like, it's not to say that they weren't working on vaccines for coronavirus anyway, because they were, but they, they were just able to mobilize really quickly. So I think mm-hmm. it's an incredible feat personally what they've done um so that's why i yeah decided i to really hear it. you I, I i absolutely respect your decision and there's so many personal thoughts that go into everyone's decision to or or not to you know so so there's two things like first of all and this is this is something that a doctor told me recently is that they've just right now figuring out that covid is actually not a respiratory illness it's a vascular disease. It affects the vascular system of the body. And that's why people have such a different results because this is why it can create blood clots. And, yeah. and, and without that knowledge, it's, it's totally different. So this is actually a totally different disease. Um, mm. And then the, the second thing, which is this, um, this new uh, like biotech technology, the mRNA vaccines are, you know, they say that they're the future of medicine. And what's really, what's, um, what's most promising about the mRNA vaccines, I think is, you know, COVID, yay, they were able to to do that. But what's even more promising about that is, is, is the technology that they're working on um, uses, uh, you know, uses less uh, animal products than any other vaccine that's manufactured out there. And then mm. actually the most promising part though, is that the mRNA vaccines are, they're working on, it's not available yet, but they're working on it to be anti-cancer treatments so that they can teach the cells of the body to remove cancer. And I mean, if that's not a miracle, I don't know what is, I don't know how many, like, I lost my grandfather to cancer and my dad had uh, a, a, you know, really bad uh, cancer before he passed away. And so in the cancer, everybody knows someone that has been impacted with. So if there was a vaccine for cancer based on MRNA technology, I don't know who wouldn't celebrate that, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think that the point is, is like, for me, it's like it, I, I, I've sat back and I've watched and I've, I've been touched by I mean, like you said earlier about the care workers. I mean, I've got a friend uh, who who became a junior doctor last year, um, uh, and so she her first year as a doctor, she was put. Like, they were all pulled through really quickly and said, "We need you." <laughs> so she, they put them out into the into the into the working world in the hospitals, and she said it was just so intense, like to to suddenly go. It was like it was like you know, so they'll probably be some of the best doctors in the world in the future because they've had such a these junior doctors are incredible. Um, way of uh, introduction to working in medicine um and she was like i think it was in in a, in a particular hospital in south of england called brighton and it's a city called brighton and they they would they had to make four extra like covid uh mm-hmm. covid rooms like intensive care rooms because it was just um it suddenly really really spiraled and this mm-hmm. is the thing about you know we we not we can't deny that there isn't a real put of this thing's here to stay. This here thing's here with with is with us. It's just this 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 sense of like, what do we do about it? And I think, and this is why I think the vaccine is like, it's an inc- it's an incredible thing to mm-hmm. be able to have. I mean, I, I the other thing, like you said, if I if I wanted to go to a certain country and I wanted to get in there. I'd have to take a vaccine to go in there, and because I wouldn't want to get that thing <laughs> that, that I get when I was there. You even remember? Do you remember ever going like ever taking those oh. malaria tablets years ago? I remember taking those malaria tablets, and they were like, you take them because you didn't want to get malaria, and they'd give you just really, really. Yeah, didn't you get know, me I never depressed. took them. I was scared of them <laughs> because, they, because had, they were so large. I tried to take one. The pill was so large; I, I it like clogged up my throat, and I thought. 
okay, we're just going <laughs> to chance it on this one, but which I don't think was that intelligent, yeah. but I just literally couldn't swallow the pill. Yeah. They would have needed to give me like the children's version. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. they're there, right? But they're there yeah, because, because of people would otherwise because, be dying of and that. And this is the point. I, this is the point. And I think we're looking at this in the same, to a certain degree, mm-hmm. in the same way. I think we're trying to see, this is a once, like you said, a once in a generation thing. That if we let it run wild, you'll see mm-hmm. what's happening in India. We, like I said, we're getting we're getting Indian variants now, which are pu- pu- possibly going to push back our mm-hmm. opening up because the because it's like even you know it's it's they're, they're they're mutating, and so there's something really really important here that we need to address. And I think you know, and I like going back to the yoga community. I just watched it be in in cahoots with each other. Um, basically, over the last year, around about what people thinks real and what people thinks not, and I think it got, I think it got a little bit mixed up with you know the QAnon thing, mm, in the, yeah, the, in the conspiracy US. of but, you know of everything, and I mean the conspiracy theories are kind of can go wild uh, of, of one thing or another, and yeah. you know, I mean, I feel like regardless of whether someone decides to take the vaccine or not, that's, you know, that's, I think that, that, that make your own choice. You know, we've talked a lot about our own personal decisions. Anyone who's listening, just sit with it and, you know, ask yourself the question and evaluate your life circumstances, what kind of life you live. If you have an interaction with the public, if you have immunocompromised uh, family members or that you live with or anyone with comorbidity factors, I mean, sit and sit and evaluate that uh, yourself. And, and at the same time, you know, I feel like the biggest lesson, and this is far beyond just COVID, it's about everything, everything, it turns into a polarized, heated us versus them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unfollow, follow, support, cancel, you know, division, increased polarization kind of debate. And maybe that vulnerability that you talked about at the beginning, that kind of achy tenderness of the, that we can tap into when things are uncertain, when we are uncertain, that's what uncertainty is, right? When we're not certain. I'm uncertain. I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. Mm. So we feel vulnerable and we feel open. Oh, hey, you showed up. Nice. Thank you for showing up. And we're so grateful. As soon as we're certain COVID is a hoax and then we get certain, then we become definitive and our boundaries go up and we we're almost, you know, we get really defensive and even offensive about protecting our definitive points of view. So maybe we can go back to that uncertainty, Mm -hmm. that not knowing and just say, well, you know, uh, like the person who went for a one hour walk during the lockdown, maybe they needed that, that, that day. And that, that, that was okay, you know, or, or, I mean, in Florida, you could have just mm-hmm. done whatever, but, but, um, so, so I feel like we can go back to that uncertainty and then just give people space to come to their conclusions without ostracizing, without polarizing and, and then just provide education and then give people space to make their own decision. And then that's really the only thing we can I do and so. just kind of sit with uncertainty and just say, okay, well, this was my choice. And, you know, maybe in 10 years, they'll all come out and say, Hey, everyone who got this vaccine, you know, these are some things you need to look out for, or maybe not. And, and, you know, so, so it's also like, Hey, I took this risk and got this vaccine. And now like, why don't you sit with that uncertainty with me for a moment? Because I don't know what's going to happen in 10 or 20 years. And that's an uncertainty that I sit with. That's a risk that I took. And I'm going to sit with your risk because you decided not to get the vaccine. So every day that you go out, you're at risk of contracting COVID and infecting your whole family and potentially losing a loved one because you decided not to get the vaccine. And that's a risk you're taking every single day. And that sucks. And I'm going to sit with that risk for you, with you, 
and we can hold each other there. And I'm not going to disparage you for that because that's a real risk you're deciding to take every single day. And maybe you cannot disparage me because that's a risk that I'm living with every single day now. And we can all get along. And, you know, in 20, 30 years, we can hopefully still be practicing yoga. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that there's kind of, there's been, it seems like there's like a lot of tension and I'd, I'd, I'd love to think that there'll be a time when we can like listen to each other with an open and, and try not mm-hmm. to yell and try not to, because everyone's, there's a, this is so mm-hmm. passionate for people. You know, this is it's such a passionate thing about yeah. people's health and people, how they think about, you know, the, the, their, their fear people feeling vulnerable because it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. and it's a light, it's like, right? it feels like a life or death issue, <laughs> you it's know? A, it's, it's a vulnerable time. So we're all feeling a little bit like, well, it should be like this. No, it should be like that. Uh, at some point we have to kind of, uh, where, where does, where can, where's this softness where we can all meet? And I, and I, you know, I hope, you know, I hope conversations like, I was having a conversation like this mm-hmm. being open around the decisions we make and, and why we did them and hope and asking for, you know, that actually don't, let's try not mm-hmm. shout at each other. Let's try and listen. Let's try and listen, and like rather than going mm-hmm. on a on a on a, a, on a on an Instagram post or going on a Facebook post and go, oh, I mean, actually, can I yeah. ask you just why? Can I can I can we can we kind of have a, a language that's about compassion, about tenderness, about you? We're all kind of like trying to work this out in our own way. You know, I I remember saying. Again, a year ago, I said, this is, this is work. This is like, this works on so many layers to us because we're concerned about the world. We're concerned about our country. We're concerned about the places that we live in that are directly around us, our neighborhoods. And then we're concerned about our family and we're concerned about us. And we're playing with these, all of these different layers which about the world, about, our, about the identities we have in, as, and our place within it all. And this has been like something that's really slipped the, slipped the rug up from that and gone, well, who am I within all of this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who am I within? How do I how do I work myself out within the communities, within my family, within my? You know, I remember seeing somewhere like someone saying on some Facebook group somewhere saying that they were going to leave their husband because wow. he'd taken the vaccine. Now I'm thinking, what? You know what I mean? It was just I don't know. It was just a Facebook, but I, could, I bet it was in one of these ones where there uh, uh, pages where people were pushing back and against so I'm gone this is really this is really intense and so we're all trying to we need it's almost trying to all take a step back and go mm-hmm. right how are we going to be together again how how are we going to work this out and you know if anything that's what we want to hold space for I think you know that we try and we try and hold it within ourselves and then try and hold it with others. And you're right. Even if we don't agree, we listen. Mm-hmm. We listen. Yeah. It's hard. I think that's a great note to kind of leave everyone with this notion of listening. So thanks Scott so much for inviting me on and yeah. having this conversation. And Keynote, yeah. amazing. So, as ever. Super. Yeah. Thank you. Go well. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at 
www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.